0: good evening everybody all right it's good to be back um i missed uh, the last uh podcast um i've actually been working on a couple of my vehicles um vehicles have been broke down, da- broken down so i had to repair them and i've got them both back on the road now um And so thank the Lord for that, that I got two vehicles going, one for uh, so I can get back and forth to work. So that's good. Uh, We're going to get started here. Um, You see the title, it's official, you are a domestic terrorist. We're going to go into that, how the FBI, it's official now that they are targeting um, MAGA supporters as domestic terrorists, 80 million people. Um, out of the 330, you know, it was around 330 million Americans before the mass migration started. So we're probably at, you know, probably at 340 million, 345 million people in the country right now. Um, which will, they'll have a voice. They'll be able to vote, you know, soon. So they're already, um. They're already police officers in certain states illegal immigrants as police officers so um no big deal uh so let's go to the lord in prayer first before we uh go anywhere else dear father lord I thank you for today thank you for your many blessings thank you for what you've done for us what you've given us Pray that um we're thankful for the safety thank you for keeping us safe Uh, thank you for keeping me safe at work, on the road and at home, thank you for keeping my family safe, pray that you continue to be with my family, keep them safe and protect them, thank you for our church family, thank you for keeping them safe and protecting them, pray that you would comfort them, be with them and their families and pray that we would be strong, be bold no matter what comes our way, we know persecution is coming our way and we should be happy that they're Uh, The persecution is coming, but help it not be for political reasons, but help it be because we are telling the truth and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're not scared to talk about Jesus. We're not scared to say that we love Jesus and that we are followers of him. Help us to be strong, be bold, help us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Thank you for what you've done for us. We give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to get started on this. We're going to talk about the being a domestic terrorist. Uh, I've been censored, and that's why I don't have as big of a reach as I would have had. Um, I would have had um, a couple channels going that are not going anymore because they were banned. They were deleted. They were erased. They were wiped out. Wiped. The slate has been cleaned. I no longer have YouTube channels because they wiped them clean. And the channels that I do have, uh, they stay stagnant. Because they're being uh, throttled because of what I'm saying and what I'm speaking about. I'm even, I am even censored on Podbean. Of all places, uh, so we are definitely under attack. And we as Americans, and we as Americans, you know, historically, Americans have been God-fearing people. Uh, and it, initially, we were Christians, and initially, we uh, we came to this country as pilgrims so that we could have the freedom to worship God and that we got out from under the backs of a tyrant called King George because he wanted things done his way, and we wanted things done God's way. And that's how America was born, was because of godly people. And we're continuing that path, and I'm continuing that path, and I'm not ready to give up uh, that part of our history, the fact that we are a Christian nation, just Christian, nothing else. We are a Christian nation. Now there are wolves in sheep's clothing trying to uh, thwart that mission and trying to, they've erased history. Uh, The textbooks and history books have have been, uh, they've been updated, they've been changed or propagandized probably since uh, either mid to late 1800s, or at least by 1908. I can't remember the exact exact date when textbooks were actually changed. The our actual history was erased from public schools, and the textbooks. Um, at the the latest was 1908, if memory serves. So since 1908, we have not had our true history being taught to us. So we have had to uh, dig for it, search for it. Uh, But it's been hidden, censored. Those that were speaking the truth and trying to tell people the truth have been censored, put away, and whatnot. So that's what they're trying to do now. And they're trying to do it now with a particular group of people called the MAGA, um, the MAGA movement. I guess you know MAGA is is make America great again. Because you know we were sick of the taxes, we we're sick of our money going to other countries, we we're sick of supporting wars all the time, we we're sick of our public schools being propagandized. We're sick of our children being trannied to suicide. And uh, we're sick of our borders being wide open. We were sick of cost of living going up uh, 68% while our actual wage or income wages in the same time frame only increased by 6% or 9%, you know, the list goes on and on and on, but this is what happens when, okay, so isn't there a saying like, evil triumphs when good men do nothing, we've been having a lot of evil men and women in charge, and a lot of good people sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing. And now they're coming for you. The if what we're fixing to look at, if that don't prove it, uh, I mean, think about the Amish. They stay out of the way, they stay quiet, they ride their horse and buggies, they don't um, stay off grid, they grow crops, they're in agriculture, they mind their own business. Even the Amish have been targeted by the FBI and their homes have been raided and their livestock has been confiscated, their products destroyed, and they're Amish. If that does not prove to you that we're under attack and our government is corrupt, I don't know what will, um, but I think. And the fact that we actually know what I'm fixing to talk about knows we see that there are some whistleblowers. There are at least still hopefully some Americans, God-fearing, at least um, uh, patriotic Americans still in the FBI, still in some of the uh, government uh, entities. Hopefully, hopefully they'll step out and speak up before it's too late because we don't want a civil war. I don't want a civil war. We've already been through a civil war, and you saw how that turned out. And we're still not get, getting the, the, the true history from that. Uh, it wasn't about slaves, I'll tell you that much. And I don't want to fight the FBI. Now, I'm pretty sure, you know, I listened to experts on the subject. And, you know, I can see, I just see the numbers. The FBI, if the FBI were to fight the Americans that I know about, the FBI would lose. Uh, But we don't want that to happen. We're Americans. We don't want war. We want peace. We want um, capitalism. We want the freedom to be able to contract Privately, if we want, with our neighbors and without the government being involved. We want to interact with our neighbors and our friends and be in good standing with our fellow men and women without the government messing things up. And that includes some of the government officials, you know, if they would if they're if they're americans if they're true patriots if they love this country this country is blessed it's a constitutional republic and each state is sovereign and that's the way it was intended to be and that's the way it was set up under the divine inspiration of god almighty and that's the way it has been but we've been hijacked This uh, little corporation in 10 square miles called Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, is a city-state. Like the London, city-state of London, like the city-state of the Vatican. They're corporations. They're not government. They're trying to take us over and take our land That our founding fathers established for us by the inspiration, the divine inspiration of God. There's a whole bunch of lies saying we stole it from the Indians. Initially, that is not what happened. We bartered. We made deals. We traded. We bought things. We had good relationships with the people, with the Indians here. Uh so just can't believe everything you hear. Um like So I want to read a couple of quotes from our founding fathers. I want to kind of get us get at the context of where we should be right now, and kind of see where we've drifted off to, kind of uh, a lot. Of, like again, the lie I just mentioned earlier that the lies are that we are not a godly country, and that the h- biggest problem in the country is white supremacists and white people are trying to rule, conquer the world and tr- killing everybody they come in contact with and, and, co- and committing mass um, shootings and stuff like that. That's not true. Um, so here's a quote from George Washington. The power under the Constitution will always be in the people. It is entrusted for certain defined purposes and for a certain limited period to representatives of their own choosing. And whenever it is executed contrary to their interest or not agreeable to their wishes, their servants can and undoubtedly will be recalled. I want to make a point on that. So the order is... The, I'm going to tell you the order of our government, the way it's supposed to be. Um, we have a particular order. You tell me if it's in that order right now. All right. So we have a, a we have something that we have to do. Um, the only thing that's going to help right now is the militia and grand juries and the the. After I go through this order, you'll realize the problem. Um, We, the people, are at the top of the pyramid. And yet somehow it's been flipped around and we, the people, have been put on the bottom of the pyramid. But we, the people, are the fourth branch of government and we are the ones with the absolute power. But it got flipped to uh, 10 square miles of A city-state called Washington, D.C., and they have assumed the power. But the problem, it was not that. The problem was that the people let them assume that position. That's the problem. All right, so in 1776, we came out of bondage with faith, understanding, and courage, even against great odds and with much bloodshed. We battle our way to achieve liberty. Liberty is that delicate area between the force of government and free will of man. Liberty brings freedom of choice to work, to trade, to go and live wherever one wishes. It leads to abundance. Abundance, if made, an end in itself will result in complacency, which leads to apathy. Apathy is the let-George-do-it philosophy. This always brings dependency. For a period of time, dependents are often not aware they are dependent. They delude themselves by thinking that they are still free. We never had it so good. We can still vote, can't we? Eventually, abundance diminishes and dependency becomes known by its true nature. Bondage there are a few ways out of bondage, bloodshed, and more often result. But our founding fathers learned of a better way, realizing that a creator is always above and greater than that which he creates. They established a three-vote system by which an informed citizenry can control those acting in the name of government. To be a good master, you must always remember the true pecking order or chain of command in this nation. Now I'm reading from the Citizen's Rulebook. Keep me on track. Alright, so here's the order. Number one is God. God created man. Number two, man. That's you. Man created the Constitution. Three, Constitution created government. Number four, government created corporations. Did you recognize the problem? Right now, we have corporations in control of the government, the government in control of the Constitution, and the Constitution in control of man, and man in control of God. That's out of order. Um, So that's That means that we are acting as a democracy instead of a republic. A democracy is dangerous because it is a one-vote system as opposed to a republic, which is a three-vote system. Three votes to check tyranny, not just one. American citizens have not been informed of their other two votes. Our first vote is at the polls on election day when we pick those who are to represent us in the seats of government, but what can be done if those elected officials just don't perform as promised or expected? Well, the second two votes are the most effective means by which the common people of any nation on earth have ever had in controlling those appointed to serve them in government. The second vote comes when you serve on a grand jury. Before anyone can be brought to trial for a capital or infamous crime by those acting in the name of government, permission must be obtained from people serving on the grand jury. The Minneapolis Star and Tribune in March 27, 1987 edition noted a purpose of the grand jury this way. A grand jury's purpose is to protect the public from an overzealous prosecutor. Trump being persecuted, does that ring a bell? They've tried to impeach him four times. They've indicted him four times, and everything they've done has been a lie. Everything they've, did, all the, all these accusations against him or crimes against him are all lies. None of them are true. The third is the most powerful vote. This is when you are acting as a jury member during a courtroom trial. At this point, the buck stops with you. It is in this setting that each juror has more power than the president, all of Congress, and all of the judges combined. Congress can legislate, make law. The president or some other bureaucrat can make an order or issue regulations, and judges may instruct or make a decision, but no juror can ever be punished for voting not guilty. Any juror can with impunity choose to disregard the instructions of any judge or attorney in regarding his vote. If only one juror should vote not guilty for any reason, there is no conviction and no punishment at the end of the trial. Thus, those acting in the name of government must come before the common man to get permission to enforce a law. That's how it's supposed to work. But you notice that Trump can't get a jury trial. The judges lied. lied. Um, he's not being able to show evidence. He's not being able to plead not guilty. And on down the line, uh, it's all rigged. It's a, what do you call it? Banana Republic. All right. So remember that order, the correct order. Remember what Jesus said was um, someone asked him like what's the the tent, what's the law what's the summary of the law Jesus said uh, to love God with all of your heart all your mind all of your soul and to love your neighbor as yourself he said all the raw, all of the law is summed up in these two things that is the way that our government is set up that's it We're above the Constitution. We do not have our rights because of the Constitution. The Constitution just laid out the rights we already had given to us by God. God expects us to love Him with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul, and love our neighbors the same way. And if we do that, we won't be stealing, we won't be committing adultery, we won't be committing fornication. We won't be stealing someone's property or stealing someone's wife. On down the line, we won't be taking somebody's life because we love God and because we love our neighbor. We've been hijacked. All right, so that means we're above the law. We made the law in this country. And it's time that we, the people, take it back. Alright, I'm going to read the Communist Manifesto. Already ran through the Ten Commandments and what Jesus said about the Ten Commandments. Uh, Now I'm going to read the Communist Manifesto. I want to see how many of these you can catch that we've already implemented The Communist Manifesto represents a misguided philosophy which teaches the citizens to give up their rights for the sake of the common good, but it always ends in a police state. We are in a police state. We have been hijacked, uh, and we've been hijacked for, what, over two years now? Since uh, January 2021? Isn't that right? We have been hijacked. This is called preventive justice. Control is the key concept. Number one, ab- abolition of private property. Number two, heavy progressive income tax. Number three, abolition of all rights of inheritance. Number four, confiscation of property of all immigrants and rebels. Uh, we're the rebels. The Trump supporters are the rebels, so pay attention. Number five, central bank. Number six, government control of communications and transportation. What do you think that FEMA test was about? Number seven, government ownership of factories and agriculture. The Netherlands are dealing with that, and so are we, but we just don't haven't realized that at, up to this point, um... But we're fixing to. We're fixing this. They want us to eat the bugs, And we're going to find out about the food shortage here pretty soon with this climate change. This climate trouble. And now it's going to be a water crisis. They're going to poison our water. So that way we don't have access to water on our own. We're going to have to pay them. So they, they will purify our water and deliver water to us. Um... Number eight, government control of labor. Number nine, corporate farms, regional planning. Number ten, government control of education. You know, I think they've already been implementing all ten of those in some form or another. And it's been for the common good, right? Um... So they want us to give up our rights for the common good. And that never works because they take everything away and they want, um, they want you to own nothing and be happy. And they've already commenced their depopulation plan, um, with the, uh, the COVID jabs, um, 80% of the people had at least, I know they had at least one jab. I think that's two jabs. They were fully vaccinated. At least 80%. 81%. So 19% did not get any shots at all. Any COVID shots at all. And so you got 80% that did. Uh, roughly about, I think, 70% of them will have adverse events. And we know that millions have died already because of the COVID jab. I've had people call me a liar about it. I have been kicked out of church because I was warning people that we, uh, just warning people, just telling people that we don't know enough about this. Something's not right here. We need to back off. We need to wait. We need to think about this. And they got upset about it. But, you know, God called me to speak out like the watchman on the wall, Ezekiel 3. He told me to speak out about it. And so I'm going to speak out about it until he tells me to stop speaking out about it. We have, and so I've, for three years, I've been digging around and finding people to listen to. And I found some, narrowed it down to a few people to listen to. I listened to Bards FM. I listened to Alex Jones. I listened to Stu Peters. And I listened to a bunch of doctors. Um, Dr. Jane Ruby. uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Dr. Robert Jackson, who's from Spartanburg, South Carolina, or Gaffney, South Carolina. And so I've uh, weeded through all the the fake stuff and there's still tons of propaganda going on trying to make you look left, look right and be confused. And what they want you to do is be so confused of the truth and of lies that you sit down and do nothing. Well, what God hates the most is one of his children sitting down and doing nothing. And so I'm not going to sit down and do nothing. I'm going to speak out until God tells me to quit speaking out. And listen, silence is condoning. If you see um if you see a problem ...and you don't speak out about it... ...and you're silent... ...you're condoning that... ...problem... ...and that means you're complicit... ...with it... ...that's actually... ...law... ...if you're silent... ...you don't speak out... ...you're complicit... ...you're just as guilty... ...so... ...you need to start speaking out... ...if we get enough... ...enough voices... Before they start cutting the power out. And before they start cutting off the the internet. So nobody can speak. So you won't be hearing me speak anymore. You won't be hearing Alex Jones. You won't be hearing Scott Kesterson. You won't be hearing Stu Peters. You won't be hearing uh, Owen Schroeder. Who by the way is going to jail for 60 days. Because of free speech. You won't be hearing from uh, Pete Santilli. All these uh, patriots that are speaking out, being bold, they've stepped up to the plate. Um, We need more people, especially Christians, to stand up and speak out. What did God say to the Laodicean church? He said, I wish you were either hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, I'm gonna spew you out of my mouth. You know what a lukewarm Christian is? Is someone that sits on the couch and does nothing. They're neutral. They're not taking either the a negative side. They're not even, you know, actively following the devil. They're not even actively serving God, serving the Lord. They may say they're a Christian, but they don't act like it and they don't live it. They may go to church, but through the week that there's no fruit. God hates that. So we've got to stand up and be strong. And we have to know what side we're on. And you're going to have to put on the whole armor of God. Because they're coming for you. And it's going to be worse for you to be neutral and sit there and do Nothing. Uh, because after all, um, I mean that's what the enemy wants you to do is sit there and do nothing, and they probably just want you to tattle on your neighbor. Just tell them, hey, this guy over here is a Christian. This guy over here is a was a Trump supporter, and so that's all they want you to do is just just say that. That's all you got to do. You don't have to do anything. Really? Just say just point out the uh dissidents. That's all. Um Alright, so let's see. A few more quotes. I am committed to the constitution of the country, and I am committed against everything which, in my judgment, may weaken, endanger, or destroy it, and especially against all extension of executive power. And I am committed against any attempt to rule the free people of this country by the power and the patronage of the government itself. Daniel Webster. He was against... Big government. It is hardly too strong to say that the Constitution was made to guard the people against the dangers of good intentions. There are men in all ages who mean to govern well, but they mean to govern. They promise to be kind masters, but they mean to be masters. They think there need be but little restraint upon themselves. The love of power may sink too deep in their own hearts. Another quote from Daniel Webster. A quote from Thomas Jefferson. In questions of power, then, let no more be heard of confidence in man, but bind him down from mischief by the chains of the Constitution. That's what I was saying. My point is that godly, the, the Constitution just shows us, enumerates our rights that God gave us. The Constitution doesn't give us the rights. The rights come from god the constitution is used to restrain the government and the government needs to be restrained and we the people need to restrain the government john adams i first saw the constitution of the united states in a foreign country i read it with great satisfaction as the result of good heads prompted by good hearts I have repeatedly laid myself under the most serious obligations to support the Constitution. What other form of government, indeed, can so well deserve our esteem and love? All right, so I'm going to read a couple more. Got to save some for the next podcast. All right, so Benjamin Franklin, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. That's where we're at. The government overreach. The FBI, CIA, the IRS even, you know, trying to get 80,000 more employees that are trained with firearms and ready to use lethal force. And I'll end with this, or Last quote I'll read is from John Adams. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to to the government of any other. And that's why they do not want us to follow the Constitution because it works perfectly fine for godly people, but not for the ungodly. Because by the Constitution, we're able to check them and to limit their reach and to uh, punish their corrupt actions. And when we the people learn how to use the Constitution with the militia and with the grand juries appropriately, we can put the government back in its little box, its little 10 square miles in the District of Columbia, the little city-state up there. We can put it back put them back where they belong and let the the sovereign people govern their themselves according to their convictions that they have from God as a godly people alright so the the FBI has called the MAGA supporters domestic terrorists and they've been calling people that have um That share mis, dis, and malinformation. They've called them domestic terrorists. And the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, issued a National Terrorism Advisory Bulletin uh, February 7th, 2022. And I'm going to read from it uh, because I've already been labeled a terrorist, a domestic terrorist. Although I'm a preacher and um, I'm on their list, even though I've I've never put anyone in danger. Uh, so February 7, 2022, um, the secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, issued a national terrorism advisory bulletin regarding the continued heightened threat in environment across the United States this is the 5th NTAS bulletin issued by the Department of Homeland Security since January 2021 so they've labeled 80 million people domestic terrorists these are Trump supporters uh, MAGA the MAGA group The, the people that want to make America great again the people that want to have closed borders, the people that want to have safe neighborhoods, the people that doesn't that don't want the uh, transgender propaganda shoved down their children's throats at school, and so on—they are the domestic terrorists, according to Alejandro Mayorkas. So let's go down a couple of paragraphs. So the United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors including an online environment filled with faults or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, dis, and malformation introduced or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust and the government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence, mass casualty attacks, and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances pose an ongoing threat to the nation. Uh, So they're talking about me, a normal person. That loves the Lord. Someone that. um, Loves their country. Someone that loves. uh, You know. The way the country used to be. Loves to have good things around. Loves to have peace. And no wars. Hmm. Conspiracy theories. Yeah so I had two. YouTube channels deleted because I was spreading conspiracy theories and misleading narratives like the 2020 election was stolen. Anyone that says that is a domestic terrorist. So that makes me a domestic terrorist because I said that 2020 election is stolen. And it's not if it was or may have been. It was. That's a fact. It was stolen. It was a coup d'etat, and we have been un, have been in a police state probably more years than that, but since then, since 2020, since the election was stolen, we've been in a police state. And the FBI just came out with this, um, this bulletin. Well, I don't know if it's a bulletin, but I'm going to the Newsweek article. And the title of the Newsweek article is Exclusive Donald Trump Followers Targeted by FBI as 2024 Election Nears." Now, I voted for Donald Trump, and it's not because he's my idol, but it's because he was a man that could see corruption and wanted to straighten the corruption out. Now, he was blindsided, with this, the vaccine lies from Dr. Fauci and that that, is it Walensky and the, what, Deborah Burks, I think, all those people that were lying to him about the vaccines. Um, the vaccines have killed millions of people, and there's millions of people that are on the list to die soon because of that, because they took the shots. Now, I believe, you know, I just mentioned I'm a pastor, and I'm I'm a pastor. I'm associate pastor at a church here in uh, Carbon Hill, Alabama. And the if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you've surrendered. You've repented of your sins. You've surrendered. You realize you're a sinner. You realize that all have sinned, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've learned none is righteous. No, not one. And you've learned it. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you you put your faith and trust in Him. I believe one hundred percent that if you ask God, it is completely uh, plausible, possible, probable that the Lord can completely heal you from the death shots, those clock shots, because I've read before that it. Um, no weapons formed against us shall prosper. But I also know that does not mean there won't be any casualties. Think about the uh, two million Israelites that uh, were led through the wilderness, and because of their unbelief, they were destroyed. And only two, Joshua and Caleb, out of two million, only two, entered the promised land. Only two were faithful to the end. All the rest of them fell to the propaganda, the lies, the murmurings, the complainings. Alright, so the article is, Federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great that it has quietly created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter. Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. So the FBI has made a list, and you're on it if you supported Trump, if you voted for Trump. The challenge for the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the primary federal agency charged with law enforcement, is to pursue and prevent what it calls domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliations even though the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are of Trump supporters, according to a classified data obtained by Newsweek. Um, They've made it clear, you know, with those, the DHS advisory bulletins, that one I read, there was five of them previous to that one since, uh, January 2021 and they've made statements other statements since that anyone with a Betsy Ross flag or with a Punisher logo or with a Gadsden flag or so on are I think they were kind of putting it potential domestic terrorists um that raised the flag to them a warning a red flag if you are patriotic if you're a patriotic american that raises a flag and you're a potential terrorist but now they're calling us terrorists the fbi is in almost in an almost impossible position says the current fbi official who requested anonymity to discuss highly sensitive internal matters the official said that the fbi is intent on stopping domestic terrorism and any repeat of the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. But the Bureau must also preserve the constitutional right of all Americans to campaign, speak freely, and protest the government. By focusing on former President Trump and his MAGA, Make America Great Again Supporters, the official said, the Bureau runs the risk of provoking the very anti-government activists that the terrorism agencies hope to counter. Um nothing happened on January 6, 2021 except they stole the election from a man that we the people elected to be our president for the second time. They stole that out from under us they stole our votes from us it's got nothing to do with Donald Trump we had a man we voted for him we had the majority of votes and they stole it so and the so nothing happened there was no insurrection I don't and there's plenty of proof that there was no insurrection one Nobody there had any weapons. So how can it be an insurrection if you have no weapons? That's what confuses me. These um uh, I don't think I'm gonna read the whole article. But they are tracking us um like Al Qaeda like Isis, like the Taliban, and they're treating us, they're treating MAGA followers, like terrorists. And there's still, I don't know how many, I know there's several hundred patriots still in the DC gulags from just being at the Capitol. There's some that weren't even at the Capitol that were thrown in solitary confinement just because they were a patriot. Because they weren't even at the Capitol. Owen Schroyer, like I mentioned earlier, is a journalist. He was at the Capitol. He was one of the guys with Alex Jones, warning the people not to go in because they realized it was a setup. He is going to jail. He's been sentenced to 60 days in jail for free speech. They're coming after us. And if we the people who have the power when you quit quit um, being chickens I mean I don't God made chickens he didn't make people to be chickens. You know what I mean? It's simple. Uh, we need to stand up. We need to be like David, you know, His father told him to go to the front line, check on his brothers, and bring them food. Well, that was his job. He was a little shepherd boy. Uh, He already had experience with opposition. You know, he killed a bear and a lion that were attacking the sheep. And he came up to the battle, and he heard this uncircumcised Philistine mocking his god. And and making fun of his God, blaspheming his name. And he said, who's going to stand up and fight this guy? Why are you letting him say this about God? That was a paraphrase. And nobody would. So he said, "I'll, I'll take care of him. And this guy, you know, Goliath, you know, was nine feet and nine inches tall. You know, I think his spear weighed over 200 pounds. A spear. You've got to throw that thing. And he could throw a spear. You got, you throw a spear in one hand. I don't know how many people can pick up 200 pounds and throw it with any speed. But uh, Goliath could. So, you know, David you know, took Saul's armor and it was too big. So he ended up going to a brook and picking up five smooth stones. Now, a lot of people get this wrong. But um, he picked up five smooth stones because he knew Goliath had four brothers. And he took one stone and ran up and said, paraphrasing, that you're not going to blaspheme my God's name. And I'm on God's side and you're, I'm going to take you down. And he ran up to him and slung that stone and hit him in the forehead and knocked him down. David took Goliath's sword out of the sheath and cut his head off. You know, that's the kind of attitude we should have when corruption heads our way. Now, I mentioned Esther for such a time as this. So we're going to look at Esther. And we're in, you know, that's verse, um, Esther chapter 4, verse 14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. God has put you in a position and in a place for a reason. He has a plan and a purpose. And he's given you power. And he will. Power to perpetrate. And he provides for you. But not if you chicken out. Not if you sit on the sidelines. Not if you're like the Laodicean church and you're lukewarm. But God has put us in a place for a reason. So we need to figure out what God wants us to do. And we need to activate. Now I know if you were born in the United States of America. You are an American. It's pretty simple there. So if you go read your constitution. Your declaration of independence. And your bill of rights. And get familiar with that. You'll realize that they point. To God's word. The Bible. God's word says. Let us stand fast. In the liberty. That he has given us. And not. Be entangled in bondage. Anymore. That's Galatians 5.1. So. We should. Guide our, our actions. Our decisions by God's word. That's the way our founding fathers did. And they fought tyranny and they kicked the corruption out and they decided to follow God and his word in love and peace and compassion with accountability instead of being slaves in bondage with apathy complacency dependency and without tyrants so God has a plan and a purpose for you in this 5th generation warfare. You are, if, if you're God's child, you are a soldier on the battlefield. You need to pick up the whole armor of God and be ready to go wherever God has positioned you. And to activate. Like David, he was ready to go to the front line and he went which is the sling and a smooth stone. Just like Esther was put into a place for such a time as this. Let's go back and see what the time was for Esther. Let's go back to chapter 3. So, Esther is about a Jewish woman, um, Esther, and her uncle, Mordecai. And they were both Jews. They were both godly. Now, if you'll notice in Esther, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, the, the mention of God or a reference to God is not mentioned at all through the whole book of Esther. Yet, the whole events, the events revolving Esther and Mordecai took place because of the hand of God on their life, on that situation. All right, so we know Esther, the king um the king a a hazard a hazardous having trouble saying it was upset with his queen because she didn't come when he called on her so he got rid of her and he decided to find another queen. So this is how it went. So they gathered these young women to uh, dress them up, Got prep them to, um, to uh um, what's the word? Um. Anyway, walk them in front of the king, so he was gonna choose which one he wanted as to be queen. And so, as they go through this time, they he decides to pick Esther as queen. So. You get to chapter 3, and Haman comes into play, and Haman is the um, king's servant. Uh, he was the, or not servant, but a general in the army, and I'm going to read chapter 3, verse 1, and start there. Read a few verses. Um, after these things... And there was another... another. Uh, you have to go back to chapter 2 because something else took place too. You need to go back and read that. And he says, After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of... Uh, Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him, and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Then the king's servants which were in the king's gate said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Now it came to pass when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand. For he had told them that he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. Verse 6. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. All right, so that's the key verse there to, up to this point is verse 6. Now we know that Haman who is the general, he's just been promoted uh, to a high rank uh, in King Ahasuerus, um, his army. And Haman despises the Jews. Now we know here that the Jews are God's people and he wants to destroy them. So you know what that is? He wants to commit a genocide. A depopulation event is on his mind. And so he's uh, trying to... So now he's contriving a plan to wipe out a whole race of people. Verse 8. Haman said unto king Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom and their laws are diverse from all people neither keep they the king's laws therefore it is not for the king's profit to suffer them if it please the king let it be written that they may not that they may be destroyed And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman, the son of uh, Hamadatha the Agagite, the Jews, the Jews enemy. And the king said unto Haman, the silver is given to thee, the people also to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. And then he writes, um. He records what happened. And you notice he didn't tell the king who he was talking about. He didn't say it was the Jews. He didn't say who it was. And you notice there's a similarity here. The reason why I'm reading this. And you may have called on the similarity with our people. And with our government we're dealing with right now. They decided to destroy a whole group of people. And they want to take them out. And like I said, with the death shots, the clot shots, they've already committed, uh, initiated the genocide on the people. And so they decree it and they record it into the law. And it goes down to verse 13. And the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill and to cause, to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women in one day even upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar, and to take the spoil of them for prey. So that was written into law. The copying of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people that they should be ready against that day. I guess by then the king had to know it was Jews, but maybe he still didn't have all the uh, details, maybe. But you see... In spite of that, Haman, his pride and arrogance, that he, sh- he has the power, his intent intentions are to wipe out a whole race of people. And he just got the, the green light from the king to do it, because he said there's these people that are contrary to your laws and your commandments, and they're contrary to you, and they're actually are not beneficial to you, and they're going to cause problems. To you into your ways, pretty much. Which that was a lie. That was not the case. So they sent out the decree, and he told everybody, and the verse 15: the post went out, being hastened by the king's commandment, and the decree was given in Shushan the palace. And the king and Haman sat down to drink. But the city of Shushan was perplexed so the city was in uh, was confused as to what just happened how could our government turn on us and want to kill us what just happened I mean we are contributing members of society we're all here working together And now they wanted to destroy us. So when Mordecai heard about this, we're in chapter 4, verse 1. Mordecai perceived all that was done. Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. And came even before the king's gates. For none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. So that means he came to the gate and he stopped at it. So there was great mourning among the Jews, fasting, weeping, and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Alright, so now, Mordecai goes to After this, after he's been fasting and weeping and crying and mourning for the people in sackcloth and ashes, uh, he goes and he has to tell Esther to make sure she knows about what has happened. So she gives the word to her because she's been, you know, in as a queen and as her new position being prepped in isolation, you could say. Uh, are dedicated to that. There's nothing else. She doesn't know about anything else about the commandment or, or the decree. Uh, so, verse eight of chapter four. Also, he gave him the copy, and this was the. Um. The messenger Hatach, and so he gave the decree at Shushan. The decree at Shushan was to destroy them and show it to Esther and to declare to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go in unto the king and to make supplication unto him and to make request before him for her people. And Hatach came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And so there's a dialogue here between, after she, the word is delivered to uh, Esther, there's a dialogue here between Esther and between Mordecai. So the messengers deliver this conversation back and forth. Um... Esther was hesitant because she thought if she were to go in, uh, so here's a law from the king, Ahasuerus, that if you go before him into the, uh, the court in front of the throne of the king without being summoned, that the king would order to chop your head off. And so she was afraid that if she were to do that, that her life would be taken just for going in before she could even uh, plead for her people. So Mordecai addresses this and says in verse 13, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Don't you think because you have a nice position, a nice job now, you're now queen?" to the king don't think that you can escape this when when this when that when it comes down for the Jews to be killed this group of people to be destroyed don't think you can escape it because you're still a Jew verse 14 he says for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time then there shall be or their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. So if you withhold your peace, if you keep your mouth shut and you don't warn of this impending danger, somebody else will step in and do what should be done. But then he continues, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. So if she's to, if she decides to be neutral, and she decides to um, be complacent or apathetical, if she decides to stay silent the help would come from somewhere else, but yet she will suffer the consequences. And Mordecai says that to her. And then he says, On top of that, and who knows whether you are you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now what is he implying here? He's implying that God, Almighty, put Esther in the, the a position, put her as queen of Shushan, because he knew that the, the whole Jewish people in this kingdom were going to be destroyed because of this one evil man named Haman. And that possibly God put her as queen to have a special purpose to be able to plead with the king who had the power to either agree to it or to disagree, to stop it or to allow it. That possibly God put her in place for that exact reason. He said, who knows whether you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So they decided, she decided to go ahead. They decided to fast three days, night and day. And then she would go in. You know, we're in a similar situation here. There's a a group of people, however minute, they want to destroy these people. Now, I'm not saying all in our particular situation here, the FBI wants to... uh, They have a label. According to this, if I'm understanding this right, that's official because this is an FBI whistleblower that came out and said that they've made a list. They are extremists. They are domestic terrorists. And these domestic terrorists are MAGA followers. So they made a list of people, and that's 80 million people. How many Russians died in uh, the world war through the holocaust they were fighting Germany and so there, the guy they were fighting you know Hitler was like this Heyman character and but there was a lot of bloodshed apparently somebody wasn't able to step in maybe so what happened 20 was 22 million russians ended up losing their lives i think it was about 600,000 americans total and 6 million jews um a lot of people lost their lives Because of a group that thought they were the superior race or superior group, whatever. God can intervene, but he expects us to step up for such a time as this. What is my point? We have a government that has labeled us the problem. A government has labeled Americans the problem. It's labeled patriots the problem. When it's us, I think it seems to be us. You know, normal people working with jobs, farms, families, keeping the place held together, and we are the target. Like I said earlier. I don't want a civil war. I don't want to fight the FBI. <clears throat> and we still have time if we, like Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive them of their sins, and I will heal their land. Now I believe that promise is also to us since we are an, a, in the perspective of a nation we are a godly nation this whole group of sovereign states you know we we're this constitutional republic like I said is was insp- divinely inspired And God will step in and he will intervene without us having any bloodshed because we don't want that. And I'm hoping that there's enough FBI agents, enough CIA agents, enough DHS agents that are actual patriotic Americans, that are actually godly Americans, that... They will not follow through with any directives given to them by these corrupt people. I know it's not every single person in the FBI or the CIA, DHS, etc. But if you're silent and you don't step up, you're complicit and you're just as guilty when this comes down. They've already released the shots. They've already killed millions, and they're already announced a second lockdown. They've already implemented the mask again. They're already starting the lockdowns again. Um, you're having like two or three pilots die a week. More than that. Sometimes. That's why all the flights are delayed is because so many pilots are dying there's pot. They've all. They, they can't reach their medical standards that they were held to before. They, they, I mean, they've already started the genocide. It's already in full swing. Like I said, we're in a fifth generation warfare. It's been an info war. We've been fighting, speaking, being vocal. But if you're silent, you're complicit. You're on the enemy side. Uh, but. My prayer is that God intervenes before it gets any worse. But they're the enemy. It's like a cornered cat, a tiger, a cougar, whatever. Any wild animal that you corner is going to lash out viciously because you've contained it. You've trapped it. And that's what these corrupt people are doing. So it's high time that we, while we have the opportunity, at least speak out and call the corruption out while you have the option before we are lined up like The Jews were in Auschwitz, gas chambers, concentration camps, firing squads, buried in mass graves, etc. Because we have the same, just like in Esther, in the palace of Shushan, this disgust for a group of people by a single group. We're dealing with the same thing here. It's already happened. Um in our um what's the word? Our generations, some of our lifetimes have dealt with this. My granddaddy Roy, my great granddaddy, you know, he fought in World War Two. I mean it's not so distant past that that happened, and it's too great folly to think that it can't happen again. Evil triumphs when good men do nothing. So that's the that's my uh, calling for tonight for you to step up, speak out. One way to do that is to share this podcast with other people. Um, Speak out what you know. First and foremost, trust Christ. Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. Because whether we're able to stop this or not, your relationship with the Lord is paramount. Um, Eternal life is pending on that. Because we're going to live some somewhere in one of two places for eternity. You're either going to have eternal life or you're going to have eternal death. And I've chosen eternal life and I hope that you've done the same. I appreciate you joining me on this podcast tonight. We're going to close with that and with a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. I thank you that, I mean, I'm not scared, I'm not worried. I know that you're in control, you're in charge, but you do expect us to speak out. Silence is compliance. We're condoning it if we're silent. So help us to speak out, help us to be bold, help us to uh, be active in our local churches, in our local communities, be active with the sheriffs, and help us to know our what you've given us you've given us the constitution bill of rights declaration of independence help us to know our history help us to know how our founding fathers handled this exact situation we see here uh, esther and mordecai how they handled it and we'll probably dig into more of that in the next podcast but we're thankful lord for what you've given us so far um help us to, to be bold you know you've uh You haven't given us the spirit of fear, but you've given us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, sound mind, not fear. Help us to use power, love, and the soundness of mind to complete the mission that you've given us. Help us to be the light on a hill that cannot be hid. Help us to be influential and help us to bear fruit. For the kingdom, I thank you for what you've done. I give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for joining tonight. Um, now, I apologize for not having the podcast Tuesday, but I normally have podcast Tuesdays at 10 p.m. and Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And you can, we can. Uh, leave a comment, share, and contact joshuaministries741 at gmail.com. I appreciate it. Have a good, have a blessed evening.